0: Goodman, Really Fucking Scary Stories. How are you doing today? I hope that you're doing marvelous wherever you find yourself in this big, wacky, wild world. We're cooking right along. We're on episode 12 of season four. Man, that's just wild, wild to even think that we've done this many episodes so far. I hope that you are absolutely loving it. I hope that you are just digging it into it and so on and so forth. And as you know, do me a favor go do all the internet stuff for us, like that you do with podcasts and social media and like so, like reviews and follows and likes and shares. And uh, let's just jump into today's story uh, about the werewolves. Werewolves of Medicine Hat Canada? Oh, werewolves of Medicine Hat Canada. In April 2006, in Medicine Hat Canada, everyone in Jasmine Richardson's family was killed except her. But her life wasn't miraculously spared, nor was she heartbroken. That's because the deaths of the Richardson family were the result of a murder at the hands of 12-year-old... 12! 12 12-year-old Jasmine and her 23-year-old boyfriend... Jeremy Steinke. Um, let's stop here for just a second and acknowledge the fact that that is not all right. Um, can can we all agree that that's really fucking weird? 23-year-old boyfriend, 12-year-old girlfriend. Um, and don't get me wrong, that'd be just as bad if it was 23-year-old girlfriend, 12-year-old boyfriend. Uh, it, however you slice that. That is, uh, that's really... Fucking scary. That's that's fucked up. The horrifying killings shocked this community, this small community of 60,000 persons. But it shook, it shook the entire nation of Canada. Charged with three counts of first-degree murder, Jasmine Richardson was the youngest person convicted of multiple counts of murder in Canada's history. Uh, in 2016, she was set free, and we'll we'll get to that point. But why why did this 12 year old girl carry out these unthinkable crimes and then furthermore, furthermore, yeah uh, why was she able to walk free jasmine and jeremy met at a punk rock show hanging out behind the club on the weekends acting stupid getting drunk with my best friends i couldn't wait for the summer at the warped okay I'll, I'll drop the the blink 182 but they met at a punk rock show And before Jamie uh, met Jeremy, she was described as a happy and social girl. However, that all changed once this relationship started to take place, this relationship again in which Jeremy was 11 years older. Jamie was instantly taken with the goth lifestyle, and she became a member on the website vampirefreaks.com. And I'm assuming I've, I've searched out vampirefreaks, and I'm assuming at one point this was like a chat website. It's mostly just closed now, so if you go, kind of, kind of check that out. But I'm, I'm thinking this was like goth MySpace. It's probably like a chat room or something, right? I, who knows? Who knows? I was not. I was kind of more of a punk rock kid, like a skater kid, ripped up jeans and band t shirt and fans, and not so much into the uh, into the goth scene. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. I'm sure VampireFreaks.com was a is was was a lovely website. Really fucking scary stories brought to you by VampireFreaks.com. Not not really. We are not sponsored by. It. But she would wear dark makeup. And she would try to make herself look a lot older than she was. Well, I guess she had to so they didn't get arrested. Uh, but Jeremy's upbringing wasn't as Wholesome as Jamie's his mother was an alcoholic um, and her partner abused Jeremy the kids at school bullied him and by the time he met Jasmine he had already attempted suicide several times in the course of his short life and Jeremy kind of developed this really elaborate persona um, to the point of wearing a vial of blood around his neck uh, and he claimed to be a 300 year old werewolf Um, when Jasmine's parents found out about the relationship they kind of did what any normal sane parents would do I think they just flat out prohibited her from from seeing him right so i mean that's what you kind of do that's what you're supposed to do when you find out that your 12 year old daughter is dating a 23 year old man you're supposed to make it stop but that's where the story takes the turn this is this is uh, the 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 turn um because what's what's one of the biggest motives for murder (laughs) Love They were in love This 12 year old and the 23 year old were in love And with this Jeremy was straight up Pissed off He was mad He was livid At her parents And he went on to blog on April 3rd 2006 Payment My lover's rents are totally unfair Her rents I like it (laughs) Let's see what you did in there They say that they really care. They don't know what is going on and just assume their throats I want to slit. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. But according to police reports, uh, it was Jasmine who first proposed a plan. She told in an email, Right, in an email to Jeremy that she had a plan. We're going to fix this. Uh, It begins with me killing them. And ends with me living with you. Oh, what a love story this is! Being a 300-year-old vampire who carried a vial of blood around his neck, um, you know, Jeremy was pretty receptive to the idea, replying, "Well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with like details and stuff." I mean, cr- yeah, this is real stuff, by the way. This is this is real, real stuff. The actual email exchange between Jasmine and. Jeremy and Jasmine reportedly told friends about her plans to kill her parents but most of them were just like whatever you're just like they didn't believe her they just thought that she was kind of messing around joking venting right like I'm gonna me and Jeremy are gonna murder my parents and we're all gonna live together forever and it's gonna be like amazing he's the one that really only gets me cause we're like whales and stuff <laughs> after we're gonna go to Hot Topic and get some really sweet matching bondage pants and it's like with the suspenders and like the spiky things and it's gonna be really good and then we're gonna get friends to afterwards the night before the murders the duo watched Oliver Stone's 1994 film Natural Born Killers I'm assuming in, in preparation here for this but then on April 23rd 2006 at her parents home it's a nice quiet residential street in Medicine Hat Canada good old Medicine Hat Canada um, Jamie Richardson and her boyfriend followed through with their massacre. The next day, a neighbor told reporters that a young boy went over to his friend's house, Richardson's little brother, and thought he saw a body through the window. He ran home, told his mother, who then called the police. The police arrived on scene and looked into a basement window where he, where they saw at least one person on the ground. They called more officers for backup, thinking they might be able to save someone that's injured or hurt within the house. But no one, nobody inside was Alive. Mark and Deborah Richardson and their eight year old son had all been brutally murdered. And uh, one family member, the 12 year old daughter of the dead couple, was missing from the scene a police inspector stated this it it wasn't even in the realm of possibility that she was an accused she wasn't even on their radar you know at this point they're probably assuming she's missing there's something wrong someone kidnapped her right something bad has happened so it wasn't even in their mind that this 12 year old girl their 12 year old daughter could be a suspect. Crazy stuff, right? And who would? Who would just jump to the first conclusion being like, 12-year-old crazy girl. This is this is exactly what it was with her 23-year-old boyfriend. And no, right? But piecing the events together, the police found out that Deborah was killed first after being stabbed at least a dozen times. Mark, Mark fought back. He fought back hard with the screwdriver. And good on you, Mark. Good on you. But unfortunately, he was stabbed to death as well. Both parents' bodies were found in the basement upstairs in his blood-soaked bed. The youngest, Richardson, had his throat slashed open. Ugh. Right? Right? It's, yeah. Sad. Just, just fucking sad. I think we need to throw that in there. Just really fucking sad. Back to the story. Fearing Jasmine Richardson was a victim, too, the police released a statement that said they were searching for their daughter regarding a serious family matter. They sent out an Amber Alert, but after recovering evidence in her room and locker, it was the boom moment. They realized that she was not a victim at all. She was the prime suspect. So this massive trail of digital evidence led to Jasmine and Jeremy and those email exchanges that we were talking about between the two. Police eventually tracked them down and they were arrested in Jeremy's truck. It was indicated that Jeremy killed Richardson's parents downstairs while she she was upstairs in her brother's room. Witnesses testified that the two had admitted to the murders. One witness recounted a Jeremy saying that the victims had been gutted like fish. At her trial in 2007, Richardson, who was only identified as J.R. at the time because of her age, she pleaded not guilty. She said she had hypothetical conversations about killing her family, but didn't intend on ever actually going through with it. But she was found guilty by a jury for three counts of first degree murder and given the maximum sentence for a youth, six years in jail, hmm six years. She was sentenced to six years in jail, followed by four years of supervision in the community. She was 13 by the time she was convicted in 2008. Jeremy was convicted on three counts of first-degree murder as well, as he was 25 at the time of the conviction, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole for 25 years. The couple continued to exchange letters from jail, promising to marry. None of the letters expressed any guilt or remorse at all. Richardson underwent extensive rehabilitation and treatment after she was sentenced. Psychiatric assessments revealed that she was diagnosed uh, with conduct disorder and oppositional defiant disorder. Send me an email. Let me know what those are. I have not researched those. Those sound kind of interesting. In 2016, Richardson was freed from the criminal justice system. Using reports from Richardson's probation officer, Court of Queens Bench Justice Scott Brooker said, You've indicated through your conduct. You have a desire to atone for what you did. I mean, clearly you cannot undo the past. You can only live each day with the knowledge that you can control how you behave. So there you have it. Super, super, duper, sad, tragic, right? Super tragic, young girl, 12 at the time, hooked up with this 23-year-old werewolf man, Right? Clearly, clearly, clearly. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to remove any of her responsibility, culpability in this matter, but clearly led astray, down the wrong path, you know, planning this stuff. Oh, Oh, back to those emails, right? Back to those fucking emails. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you, babe. Fucking what? What? Right? Gutted them like fish and even to Jeremy's response to that 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 last email it gets me and getting with you hey babe, yeah well i like i love your plan but we need to get like a little more like like creative with like the deets and stuff because you know it's like murder and we got to be like really you know on the on point we got to be like on the ball with this one <laughs> and we can go be werewolves oh, it's just sad it's sad that poor kid her brother like she she fucking murdered her brother and i mean Who knows what really took place in the house, right? But sounds like she was the one that murdered her brother. Sounds like uh, her 23-year-old man-child werewolf boyfriend stabbed her parents to death and, quote, gutted them like fish. That's always, always super fucking scary. But your own child planning your murder so they can go be with the 23-year-old man-child werewolf that they're in love with who wears vials of reported human blood around their neck, Um, and then following through with it. That's a really fucking scary story. Have you had a really fucking scary experience? Have you seen a ghost? Have you been on a macabre adventure? Would you like to share it on air? Would you like for us to tell that story? Or you just have something horrid that you would like for us to talk about? Send us an email at rfsspod. That's rfsspod at gmail.com. Make sure that you subscribe. New episodes come out every single Friday. We look forward to continuing this creepy, crawly, morbid, macabre, and grotesque adventure with you, the listener. We love you, and we will see you soon. Thank you for joining us today on our trip into the dark. We hope that you join us again next week for all things horror, all things macabre, all things grotesque, here on Really Fucking Scary.